morning. We're very close to each other today. And it's too early for that, I think. It's way too early. Yeah, but we're doing this for you. Yeah, we're doing this for you because last last week we had very bad sun. Maybe you didn't notice. Hopefully you didn't notice, but we had to cut out a lot of stuff just because we were sounding very weird and robotic. But yeah, we're trying better today. And we still don't have tea. We're just gonna quit that tradition, honestly. But we have we're so much tired. bullshit wisdom anyways. <laughs> this whole this whole podcast is our whole bullshit wisdom. For this episode of Bullshit Wisdom. It's going to be quite self-involved again. We're just going to talk about our experience living abroad. But we do think that a lot of people can relate to having kind of like a split. You don't really know where you belong or not. And you mm. you are from one place and you lived in another place. And then you hang out with people from this place. And it's just one big mess of a nationality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least our 50 listeners, I think, can agree on that. Um, Did you just flex our 50 listeners? Flex? Is that English? Again, that's also something. I apologize so much for for my German expressions, but (laughs) I I don't know where I belong. But yeah, we'll start off with that. We don't know where we belong. We have had this discussion basically since we... Since we moved in together. Which I checked was 16 months ago. 16 months. Okay, for 16 months we've had this discussion of... Who are you in different places? And are you the same person when you speak different languages? Mm. This kind of split life that you have between the places you live in. And this almost split personality, not to go too deep. But I think in the beginning as well, it was like this bonding topic. Like he could be like, oh, yeah, I've, I've noticed this. And oh, British people are so fucking rude. Not rude. They're very polite, actually. It's it's a weird but politeness fake. that just seems rude to me because because people in Sweden aren't behaving in that way when they're polite. It seems like they're just faking it, which mm-hmm. seems even more rude. You mm-hmm. know? So there's always this cultural kind of clash. Yeah. So we have some fun, interesting observations we made over the last 16 months, <laughs> which we are going to share with you. Well, when I started thinking about this... Uh, since we decided on the topic, I immediately started questioning the kind of identity part of it. Um, like, if I'm if I'm from Sweden, living in London, hanging out with people from literally all over the world. No, actually, from Europe, from Western Europe. <laughs> we'll get into that as well. Who am I, basically? And how can I build my identity around that? But I kind of wanted to backtrack it to why do I feel the need to build my identity about like on where I'm from anyways Mm -hmm. shouldn't there be a me who is Mm -hmm. experiencing all Mm -hmm. of this and that is who my like what my identity is Mm -hmm. and not where I am yeah why is that such a huge part of it I agree I thought of myself as someone who's like oh nationality doesn't matter like a borderless society would be amazing Mm -hmm. we're all just humans we're all just people we love we eat but, like, ever since moving away from Switzerland... Oh, yeah, I moved away from Switzerland. And you moved away from <laughs> we Sweden. We just assume that because this is such a small <laughs> podcast, everyone knows who we are and where we come from. But, yeah. Since moving away, I feel so intensely Swiss. And it's... Yeah, I don't know if I'm happy about that observation. 
I have a question. Do you do you think that you feel a need to um, express your Swissness as well to other people? That you need to like either put on a Swiss accent almost or like dress Swiss? Because I feel like that's the case with me. Wait, no. In front of whom? Like in front of Swiss in class. people? In class? I wouldn't know how Swiss people dress, so please okay. inform me, Swiss people. But I do feel like involuntarily, I hope, or unconsciously, I probably use the word Switzerland 10 times a day. <laughs> and it's not needed, but the amount of times I start a sentence saying in Switzerland or Swiss people dot dot dot. I have the same thing. I talk about Sweden the entire time. I think I probably mentioned Sweden and how we do things in Sweden in every single episode of this <laughs> podcast as well. And I just noticed that just the other week that in class, I will like almost consciously dress more Scandi because I'm like <laughs> stepping into the role of the Scandi girl in class, mm. you know? Mm. But the Scandi girl is something to be proud of, I think. I'm not going to dress up as a, a cow Swiss people person. Like- that's not really what people think of when they think of Swiss what is the Swiss style there's no Swiss style (laughs) coffee serving break the reason why I asked you that question was because I feel like because I have this split identity I always need to emphasize either side of my personality so mm-hmm. when I'm in in London I like emphasize my Swedishness and then when I'm in Sweden I emphasize that I live in London by dressing like more East London-esque and like oh in London you know in London I walk 15 minutes a day this is in London us, like puking on ourselves do you say that in English that you're like oh I do these things and it's so annoying you like annoyed at yourself I don't think you say puking on yourself, okay, but my I German side understands this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a very the thing you brought up about emphasizing your differentness within like a quite homogenous place. Is that because we want to be special? I think it's my social psychology teacher last year. He was talking about how we tend to use the term culture as like a separate thing from our lives like culture is kind of something that affects our lives Mm. but in actuality we're like a fish in a sea of culture like there's nothing else than culture in like around us Mm -hmm. culture Mm -hmm. goes into everything Mm -hmm. and so when we switch seas i don't know if this makes any sense but i am a fish that's (laughs) it makes so much sense (laughs) lisa's a fish today (laughs) Okay, hear me out. I'm a Swedish fish mm-hmm. who got transferred into British sea. Into British waters. Foreign waters. And of course, I'm going to feel like such a Swedish fish then. Is this the most stupid thing I've ever said? No, no. Maybe. It does make a lot of sense, but I don't know why the fish came in. To take this one step further, I also felt like, separate from our geographical position and how that affects what we think about ourselves mm-hmm. and kind of how we act, who we are... We also spend a lot of time in another place, you could say, on on the internet, on social media, Mm. and act in a certain way that I'm certainly not the exact same person on social media as I am in real life, even though I'd like to think that's the case. Mm -hmm. I think it's impossible. Like, the way I text, the way I post on Instagram, Mm -hmm. it's certainly a persona. Yeah, it's a different aspect of you. I wouldn't say it's less true. 
no, to yourself. The, yeah, exactly. In the same way that my British self and my Swedish self are both true. Yeah, totally agree. Maybe that's something that even more people can relate to, that you have kind of like a, a split identity between your real life self and your internet self. And your cyber self. Yeah, I mean... And there's more of those splits as well. That's only the start of it, I mm-hmm. guess. Like, mm-hmm. when you're with your extended family, you're one person. And then oh when you're God, yes. with your cool friends, you're with another person. I just went on a very long tangent <clears throat> on identity. But that's what I feel like. It's, like, the core of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But did you have any thoughts? Another interesting conversation I think we've both had was this notion of almost being a stateless social group I mean we kind of do hover between these places all the time even though Mm -hmm. we live here I send approximately 30 minutes in terms of voice messages back to Switzerland and I receive you're an exceptional that's (laughs) insane but you text with them and you you call your parents on Mm -hmm. FaceTime and I feel like I'm never fully here or there yeah I feel that too Mm -hmm. and also just the notion of needing to kind of make up for your your cultural identity in different places mm-hmm. that you're kind of always hovering in between just in mm-hmm. that sense as well mm-hmm. and you almost wanted to be part of you all the time and with you so that's why you kind of unconsciously refer back to Switzerland and Sweden all the time mm-hmm. and I sometimes feel like you almost live in this alternative universe because we don't really feel British or not British enough yet. Um, and we still have these ties that tie us back all the time. It kind of seems like, yeah, I, I'm going to say stateless. I just, it shows immense privilege as well. Because <laughs> yes, yes. there's thousands of people that don't want to be stateless and are forced to be stateless. And mm-hmm. we're kind of these cool people that moved away abroad and now we feel like we don't oh we don't know where we belong and ah we're swiss we're british blah 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 blah. yeah i am puking on myself again by (laughs) but on that note do you feel british oh not at all that never crosses my mind that i would feel british i feel like a londoner Mm. but i don't think that counts I just feel like I belong here, you know? I feel like when I walk mm. the streets, I feel like I'm not a, an observer, but a mm. participant mm. in the city. Yeah, but that really doesn't mean you feel British. Because no, exactly. I think the whole thing of feeling like a Londoner, a lot of that has to do with this internationalism mm-hmm. and so many cultures coming together. So it kind of makes sense that you feel at home because let's say you moved to Switzerland, I don't think you'd feel at home because you're just so different. Yeah. Um, Or Sweden, because it's such a homogenous place. But maybe we can go into a British hatingness. Oh, God. Are we not going to do that? Am I going to hate on British people now? I feel like I've already done that. (laughs) For me, when I, I was super surprised when I got here that the British culture was so intensely different than like Central European culture. And I know Central European culture is like too many cultures in one, but there's such a... Do you feel like it's one culture though? I feel so much more Central European just by living with you. I wear indoor shoes now. (laughs) I couldn't imagine myself walking around in indoor shoes two years ago. Birkenstock and socks. Yeah, Birkenstock (laughs) and socks every day of my life. 
mm-hmm. and it's something that old people do. I would judge myself so bad. No, but weren't you surprised when you came here? Like, I didn't expect, I was like, oh, I'm going to mo- move to London. That's like one hour away with the airplane. How am I going to feel so foreign with British people? That's the thing, though. I don't really feel foreign. Because mm-hmm. I think but even do you before I moved, with them? But I don't see British people. Exactly. And that kind of shows that there is an immense border. Yeah, that's Because true. you don't... Who do you hang out with? <laughs> A bunch Where of Germans they... <laughs> and uh, French people. And Swedish people. And Swedish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, there's a plenty few um, British people in my class. Plenty few, <laughs> but plenty few. <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> testament to my Britishness. Uh, a plenty few British people in my class that I hang out with, and I do hang hang out with. Like I do enjoy hanging out with those people, but I think it's because it's like an international. The culture is already mixed, mm. so it's mm. not like I'm diving into British culture. Mm-hmm. But again, I feel like uh, hanging out with. Like, I basically talk German all day. <laughs> and I've, like, found new Swiss friends. And that is kind of a testimony to this internationalness or this being abroad being such an important aspect of your identity. Mm-hmm. And you are drawn to people who have the same experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just human nature. We can't, I don't think we can blame ourselves for doing that. But I kind of wanted to get back to what I briefly mentioned before about our internet selves. Because it feels like we're always hovering from one culture to the other. I feel like a lot of people would kind of relate to that as well. You have this like dualness within yourself. But what I feel like is that my internet self is almost like the unifier between the Mm. two. That because it is completely unlinked to... A geographical place mm-hmm. and it's just as disconnected I guess from the world mm-hmm. in either geographical place I'm in mm-hmm. it is almost more true because of that does that make any sense mm-hmm. no it does it's kind of like what we said again this stateless place yeah where we do feel like we're attracted by it in real life as well mm. and in the internet you kind of have to live it out anyways because it is not linked to any geographical place kind of feel like i need to document our lives and have our lives that are in the physical world exist in our phones as well it's almost like i have this drive to unify my life in one place Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. i can go back to that and like okay this is my life even Mm -hmm. though this is not where my life exists in this little device i have Mm -hmm. in front of me Mm -hmm. so lisa's saying her social media persona is her most true self on that topic we're also starting on instagram for the pot yes that's where we're gonna be our most true self (laughs) that's why we even brought in this topic (laughs) getting that dot pod pod follow please i'm gonna bring in some bullshit wisdom because we didn't have the tea i think it was during a lecture actually that i came across the history of the term nostalgia i feel like we both have these intense faces of nostalgia and not nostalgia towards a time which i normally think about when i hear nostalgia but nostalgia towards a place yeah and it's kind of different from homesickness it actually feels nice, like nostalgia to me. 
Mm-hmm. When is the last time you felt nostalgia? In like December before Christmas. Like always around the holidays or when... Usually when my whole extended family are gathering, they'll like FaceTime me and I can mm. say hi to all of them. Mm. And that just hurts my heart because that's like the core of my my childhood mm. in yeah. Sweden. So. But it's a good kind of heart as well. Yeah, it, it feels like I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably not the last time, but I just remember when we watched this documentary about, was it Freud? Oh, Nietzsche. It was Nietzsche who spent a lot of his time in Basel. So they kept showing Basel and a beautiful, beautiful town in like the mountains of Switzerland. And they showed these pictures of that town. And my heart just ached so much. And I think they showed like pictures of the the Alps as well with like Swiss music in the background. And that was one intense moment where I felt it. But on the topic of nostalgia and the topic of Swiss music, I found out that nostalgia the term was first a sickness it was seen as sickness so this thank you for doing this for the podcast (laughs) it would be such a bullshit podcast without your research well it's wikipedia i really need to get on it so this medical student um don't remember his name it was not alfred adler (laughs) um but he diagnosed swiss mercenaries living abroad with these intense symptoms of what we would now call homesickness they felt sad they were crying they almost they weren't able to work a lot of them had to be sent home and so nostalgia was seen as an illness specifically for swiss people living abroad (laughs) it was like a specific illness to Swiss people. It wasn't like a general illness. They just thought it was for Swiss people only because it was the Swiss mercenaries. Okay. Um, And actually, in the army, I think, they weren't allowed to listen to Swiss songs because that would cause nostalgia in Swiss people. Nostalgia is definitely not something for us um, Swiss people only. But I think it was... Very interesting because I think if someone played some some Swiss Alpine music for me, I would definitely start to cry. <laughs> and also, nostalgia, the term, just because you were talking about homesickness, does come from the two Greek words, which mean homecoming and pain. So it is kind of a combination uh-huh. um, of the two. And yeah, and later on, people realized that it was actually not a sickness and that it can be something beautiful as well. Yeah. That was my yeah. unnecessary knowledge for today. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. And I, I think it's very interesting how... Because I wouldn't say that the symptoms that we have of nostalgia, if we're going to talk about it as a sickness, mm-hmm. are that intense that that Wikipedia article is setting it out to be. Mm-mm. But maybe it's more intense when you don't have that kind of buffer in between that kind of technology mm. gives you it almost feels like you can't be there you can have this hovering in between mm. Mm. and maybe that eases it a little bit yeah definitely they didn't have instagram so maybe our our digital selves are a solution to it as well yeah they make it easy and also we decided to have this life and we love yeah. living here yeah. but sometimes you just want to be back home i think an aspect that we haven't talked about that is so apparent with kind of switching in between cultures and countries is the fact of language, how we mm. we speak different languages. And I feel like my voice is different in different languages. Do you think your personality is different? 
I don't think my personality is different. Oh, you don't think so? No, not in Sweden and in the UK. But like when I speak Swedish to you, mm. I don't feel like myself anymore. Because I am a certain person with you. And that yeah. is a person who speaks English. And then when I speak Swedish, mm. I just feel like I'm a different person. And thus our like interaction is different. Yeah, I guess that's not dependent on us living in a different place. But it kind of does show how language has this immense power to shape how you see the world. I think I am quite different if I speak Swiss German. I'm also quite different if I speak German. That's a huge difference. But when you speak German, like regular German, do you feel more like... I'm gonna try to not offend people like more uptight. <laughs> no offense taken. My my quota German part. Um, I feel more myself talking in English than in German. You've known German since a long time ago, right? Yeah. I think it's more the antagonism between Switzerland and Germany that kind of mm -hmm. makes me feel very foreign when I speak German. Also, the hierarchy between Germany and Switzerland. I feel like I'm I'm an imposter trying to speak the better language. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's interesting that we we have that language makes such a big difference. And it kind of makes me question where we're going, like in a wider sense, because more and more of the world is using English as their mm. like main mm. language. Mm. What will it make of us? Will it be easier to make decisions on like a collective level when we have more people speaking the same language or are and we more, more polarized? More ways to think about the world as well. No, For, sorry, like, less ways. Yeah, exactly. There are more ways when we have more languages, mm -hmm, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very interesting hypothesis for those people interested in psychology. The Sapper-Whorf <laughs> hypothesis, you can do some reading about that. Mm. Um, how language shapes how we think. That might be in a, another episode. And maybe because, well, in, at least in my world, mm -hmm. the digital world is English. Are we moving towards a society where we have like a unified way to look at things and mm. to interact. Yeah, kind of the homogenization of, that comes with globalization mm. of culture and identity. And I think it's a very scary thing to talk about. I don't really, I just love being able to speak different languages and I love being able to like have this conversation as well about feeling so different and speaking different languages. And I think it would, just be sad to only speak in one yeah but I do feel like it's quite far away and I have a hard time thinking that we're not going to find those differences in other things I feel like we have this inner drive to mm. be different and to differentiate ourselves and our group in different ways like it's kind of the same thing as when I moved to London and I hang out with Swedish people mm. because that's my differentiated group mm -hmm. and in Sweden, speaking about my Londonness, because mm -hmm. that's my differentiated group. Mm -hmm. Even though we speak the same language, we still find points of differentiation. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like the whole move towards the cyberspace does kind of limit these points of differentiation. We're so connected all the time. Mm. I don't know. Before we go into the rabbit hole of the homogenization of culture... Yeah, and the kind of, like, colonial perspective on that as well, like, westernization and that. Again, a we're, whole different topic. We're just going to cut it off. We're making this so easy for ourselves. 
<laughs> Let's just stay very surface level and talk about our Swissness yeah. and Swedishness. Let's just, ta- <laughs> like, let's just talk about the holy trio of Shoreditch Sweden and Switzerland. Shoreditch Sweden and Switzerland. <laughs> it's the only places that matter in this podcast. Your places matter too. Well, wherever you are in the world, however you feel today, whether you feel German, French, Swiss, Spanish, British, even though we've hated on you in <laughs> Even this though you feel British, you can't listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, that too. But I meant, have a wonderful day. Embrace your nostalgia, if you have some today. Yeah, embrace your heart pain. Think about the Swiss mercenaries, and we'll see you again in London, in Shoreditch, next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.